Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are at, finally, Woo-hoo. so many months later, the 2020 Call to Council Conference. Really excited about this particular time. I know I don't have much time, so Sean, I'm going to let you go ahead and kick it off. You stole my word. You're starting to say excited all the time. Oh, I thought Am it was I rubbing the yo, off yo, yo. on you. Oh, yeah, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeremy's obviously with us here, and we have our uh, guest, um, Elise Fitzpatrick. Thank you, Elise, for everything. I tell you, Elise has been such a trooper. She is just back-to-back teaching it up, just mm-hmm. sharing her wisdom mm-hmm. of what God has just taught you over so many years. We're so blessed to have you today. And Jeremy, but you've known Elise for much longer than me, huh? Yeah, I was telling a story earlier today. I guess it's 20 years ago, uh, I attended one of my first biblical counseling conferences in Arkansas and um, just randomly chose a speaker. I didn't know much about the biblical counseling world at the time. I was just learning and decided to go see uh, the speaker named Elise Fitzpatrick and found her location. They had her out in a tent. It was really hot and she was dressed to a T um, and just began to speak about scripture and its relevance to counseling. And uh, I remember you quoting a lot of the Puritans Mm -hmm. and just people I had never really heard of. um, And that changed my world. It was a Mm -hmm. big factor in me really buying into the biblical counseling idea. And Mm -hmm. ever since you've been one of my all time favorite thinkers in what we do for sure. Yeah, Michael and I, we met you for the first time at the CCF conference, right? back in 2014. Was it 2014? In Plano, or no, Frisco. Mm -hmm. 14, that was a long time ago. Jeremy, you were actually a breakout speaker on that one too. That was such a good, I love CCF, they're such a good conference. Yeah, we actually had a chance to talk to David Paulson. Oh yeah, that's awesome. He told us though, we haven't listened to him, he told us to focus on the next generation and... We're not really doing that very much. Yeah. We are. We, <laughs> we are. need to start counseling teens and then we can be like, okay, David. Well, we do have a few of those cases, I think. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, but anyway. Well, Elise, you've obviously written so many books that have just been a huge encouragement to me. And I know several people who are listening as well. But I wanted to highlight one to two of your books um, today, just on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We are focusing on um, the Colossians with uh, the theme, the kingdom at hand. So obviously having that eternal perspective. What a great thing that Jeremy that's what you landed on because Mm. of obviously this year with COVID Mm -hmm. that's exactly what we need isn't it Um, and so could you just tell us a little bit maybe about your book home and and you actually heard you at an ABC conference before where you even gave a couple of examples of just practical things we could think about on having that eternal perspective I don't know if you'd share that with our listeners today sure yeah it's um, I wrote home because I was in a situation where I realized I needed to think more about think less about this particular life and what I was expecting and then think more about where I was going. And as I was writing home, I realized many of us are really homesick mm-hmm. and we don't know that. We mm-hmm. don't know mm-hmm. that we're actually homesick. So one of the things that I, I think was really helpful and I, I think I pinched it from Tim Keller, it helps, it's helpful for me when I think about our where we're going eternally is to remember that uh, if if you're hired, let's say as a janitor or a trash collector mm-hmm. in New York, and so you're hired, and what you're told is, well, you're going to have to pick up garbage off the street for the next year, but at the end of the year, you'll get a million dollars. How would that change your attitude about your work every day? Mm-hmm. You know, you might say, well. 
you know, particularly if it's August and, uh, <laughs> and or, or snowing mm-hmm. and you're very uncomfortable and very weary and wondering if you're going to make it. But you keep saying to yourself, yeah, but there's this payout at the end. And I think so many Christians think about heaven. They, it's not concrete enough for them. It's not enticing enough. Like it's sort of ethereal. Yes, it's just ethereal. Mm. And, you know, actually, who, forgive me, but who wants to float on a cloud or be in a worship service for mm-hmm. eternity? I'm sorry. I, I love worship services, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that's what we're going to be doing. And um, so because of that, when we go through our day-to-day life, like picking up garbage all day long, um, we lose sight of the fact that there's, that there's something coming at us. We're really running toward it. That's going to be so glorious that we don't even have words here to describe it. And to remember that, and I've heard people say, well, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Listen to me, I don't know anybody who's heavenly minded enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. To think about what that's going to be like. As Sally Lloyd-Jones says, when all the sad things come untrue. I mean, and that every day is like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think if we lived our lives with that in view it would change a lot of the way that we face suffering now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. It it would change really our motive behind what we do and why we do it, right? Yes. We could not just sit in in awe of the Lord, but just the anticipation of being with him. And and I think that I love that Colossians 3, 2, as we're going to talk about Colossians today, is set your minds on the things above and not the things of the earth. The reality of that is, is we we really are horizontally focused as a culture, right? It's always about our circumstances. And uh, is it Johnny Erickson Tata who says, you know, maximizing our pleasure and minimizing our pain at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so I really just appreciate this and the fact that you dedicated a book to remind us to have that eternal perspective. And then in knowing that, how does that impact you to live differently today and realizing the importance right. of today? Right? So if you knew that your boss was watching, mm. he's not only your boss, he's your husband, he's your brother. He's the lover of your soul. If you knew that he was watching and that he has great reward for you and he's praying for you that you'll get there and then he's reserving all of the beauty of heaven for you now. Mm. It's, um, yeah, so then you face what you face today. Mm. That's pretty incredible. Well, you also just wrote a new book called Worthy, Celebrating the Value of uh, Women. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that book I wrote with Pastor Eric Shoemaker, and uh, he's a pastor he, in the SBC. Actually, I met Eric over the Twitters. <laughs> we're all <laughs> over wonder- the Twitters. We're the Twitter all- sphere. <laughs> yes, where yeah. all wonderful things happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in a very short period of time, very quickly. Uh-huh. He had posted a series of firsts about women. You know, a, a woman is the first person to whom the promise of the gospel is made. Mm. A woman is the first person who has a uh, speech of faith after the fall. Mm. Anyway, he had posted the series of first, and then the Gospel Coalition had picked it up, and I read that blog, and so we had him on our little family podcast, and as we were talking, I said to him, you know, Eric, this would be a great book for you to write. You should do it. And he said, yeah, we should. And so uh, then we did. 
Hmm. Um, so what we do in Worthy, I, and I don't think there's another book like it, although probably all authors think that about their stuff, but uh, what we're doing in Worthy is we're not talking about gender roles. Um, I, I mean, there's some stuff about that in there, but that's not our goal. It's not like a book on complementarianism and all no. that kind of stuff. It's no, just, yeah. no. It's, it's a book about um, how important women are and were to the redemptive narrative. Mm. So in all of the ways, in, all through the New, Old Testament and the New, how integral women were, are to the pushing forward of the kingdom of Christ. Mm. And um, so what we did in that book was we started in the Old Testament and Eric wrote three chapters on the Genesis narrative and, um, and what it means to be a helper and why it's important for women to understand that uh, that's a, that calling, that helper calling is not a diminutive or a dismissive calling. It's actually azer is, is a word that's used most often of God, that God is the helper. And so woman was created because of a deficiency in the unloneness of Adam. And so then she brings something to the table that is far more important than merely having babies, mm-hmm. although she does do that, and that's a good thing. And then right at the fall, then you have the Proto-Evangelion, mm-hmm. right? The, the first declaration of the gospel. 315. Exactly. And it's to her, and, he, and it, the way that it's worded is, so, is really quite strange, through your seed will come the mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. who will crush the head of the serpent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, starting there and all through what we try to do, beginning, of course, in Genesis and then really going through all of the different uh, genres of the Old Testament to show how important women were, even in a, in a very highly patriarchal context, which ancient Israel was, but how many times over and over again, women really saved the bacon. Mm. So it sounds like a biblical theology of womanhood. Well, yes, it does. (laughs) You listening, Michael? (laughs) So it's, you know, that's what we tried to do. And then, um, so we went through the Old Testament, and then we took the life of Jesus and his interactions with women. And if, you know, if Jesus is in fact God incarnate, then if you want to know what God the Father thinks about women, look at the way Jesus interacted with women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You never find him denigrating them Mm -hmm. or telling them that what they have to say is is not important or that they are not allowed to learn. Mm -hmm. And over and over again in the New Testament, and particularly in the Gospels, you find these interactions where Jesus is approached by the most remarkable kinds of women and he's always welcoming them i mean think about the time when he is at the house of a pharisee and an immoral woman comes and the pharisee's like you're no prophet or you wouldn't let her in and Hmm. jesus she kisses him i know that makes some people uncomfortable to think about that 
Jesus, she's actually kissing his feet and Jesus enjoys it, but not in a lustful way. Mm-hmm. He enjoys it because he's receiving love from one, from his bride, mm-hmm. from his sister. And so when you look at the interaction of Jesus and women, you see something that's very different from a lot of what maybe we could say would be a caricature of women's roles in Christianity. And then the doors blow off once you get to the book of Acts because you have, um, you have the Holy Spirit falling on men and women. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so the Spirit falls on men and women, and we know that Mary, Christ's mother, was in the upper room when the Spirit fell, and it said, you know, it says that the women were there. So the Spirit falls on the women, and then the women go out with the men, and they're testifying. And then Peter gets up and says, preaches the first Christian message, Uh, in the book of Acts, and he says, this thing you're seeing here, this is what Joel talked about, that the Holy Spirit would fall on sons and daughters, and they will prophesy. Mm. And so then there's this ministry that you see there with women, and then women are baptized. Uh, That's huge. You know, I think that, you know, we're so used to that. But in the Old Testament, the sign of the covenant was given to the male. Hmm. But now the sign of the covenant is given to men and women. Wow. Things have changed. Mm -hmm. The spirit's fallen. The sign of the covenant is given to men and women. Men and women are called the kingdom of priests. And again, I'm a complementarian, so don't get nervous. But (laughs) (laughs) this is what's happened. And then... And then you've got Paul, who if people are going to say if there's a misogynistic guy in the Bible, it's got to be Paul, but it's not. I mean, if you actually read him, because you've got Paul and he's praying about whether or not where to go on his missionary journey, and a man from Macedonia he appears to him in a vision and says, come and help us. Get that word help there again. Come over and help us. And so Paul goes to Philippi, and who does he meet? Lydia. The seller of purple. Yes, she is. <laughs> Lydia, who is, from what we can tell, a single businesswoman. Yeah. She's, she may be a widow. She was probably widowed in that culture, but she may have been divorced. She may never have been married and have had, and have had money from her family. But she's a wealthy woman, and she's a businesswoman, and Paul meets her, and it's at her house, it's at her house, that the first church in Europe is established. That's where the guys go, and they stay. Mm. Lydia is the first convert to Christianity in Europe. Wow. The first convert to Christianity in Europe is a woman. Mm. And so then, and just looking, looking at, looking at Phoebe, who delivered the most important letter that was ever penned, <laughs> the letter of the church to the, Ro- uh, to the Romans, and how Paul says to her, she's been a benefactor, she's been a helper to many people. So I, I just think it's important for us, while we're seeking to not give in to 
the secular pull that would say that there's no such thing as gender or there, you know, um, there's no such thing as things that are appropriate for men and appropriate for women, that we not say more than what scripture says. Mm. Yeah. And that we value and honor women in the same way Jesus did. Jesus had a group of women that is list that are, they're listed in the beginning of Luke eight, which Luke talks all about the women, <laughs> and in the beginning of Luke eight, and the Bible says that they supported him out of their means. They itinerated with him. This group of women itinerated with him and supported him out of their means. They're the only person. They're the only group of people in the New Testament that it actually is recorded that they gave money to Jesus. Mm. It's just women. Women did it. Mm. So what is it? What was it about Jesus and the gospel message that women really loved? Well, it was because they were looked at as persons of value. Mm -hmm. They're created in the image of God. They are worthy. Mm. I was was just going to say to to that point, at least, there's uh, like in modern day... Iran right now, uh, in, in the church that's growing in there, there was a documentary. There's two of them now, but the second one came out, Sheep Among Wolves, and it's the disciple-making movement. And and again, it's in a culture where women have no value, that these Christian women, uh, when they get found out, they get raped mm. and murdered. Yeah. And they're the, the in that disciple-making movement over there in Iran, um, Indonesia, where you've got these mm-hmm. really you know big Islamic cultures, um, the percentage, they're disciple-making women, so the, the percentage is more women to men. So, and I would encourage, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but just to that very point. So I, I just, I mean, to what you're saying, and here we are talking about what happened 2,000 years ago, but like that's actually happening today where the church is non-existent. So. Right. Man, right. this podcast could go for another three hours. I wish we had more time. Yeah. We unfortunately have to end this podcast extremely short because Elise is just teaching away today and she has to, we have to cut it so she can uh, teach the next plenary session. So I hope that um, all those by the time this launches that you've all tuned into the ABC live stream conference. Um, but just really quick in a short little nugget, Elise, we have tons of pastors who listen to our podcast. So what would you just say to encourage them in investing in their women, the women in their church? Well, um, half of the gifts that Christ has given to your church pastor are resident in women. <laughs> okay, there, we'll just mic drop there. There you go. <laughs> and it's not good for you to be alone. Mm. There you go. So um, seek to find appropriate ways within your context to draw out and use uh, the gifts Christ has given. And I know Eric talks, my co-author Eric talks a lot about seeking to ask women, you know, uh, before you preach, send out your, send out your um, text to a group of women in the church and say, is there anything in here that as a woman I should be, uh, as, a, as a man, I should be aware of that women would be thinking about mm. this passage? That's awesome. Smart. 
Yeah. yeah and good. that's helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just cultivating their gifts of teaching. I, uh, Michael was reading a book. I can't remember which one it was, but it had said something about our women are being discipled through uh, videos. So there's not a lot of women who's teaching women even in the church. Um, it's it's all kind of being videoed, right? And mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, so that's a good encouragement to the pastors out there is to invest in the leadership, identify those gifts and raise and up help, like you would anybody yeah, else help in the cultivate church. that. So um, stands for the work of the ministry. Yeah. And so in your podcast, you it's called Worthy, correct? Yes. Yeah. And so Worthy. you can tune into Elisa's uh, podcast on Worthy and hear so much more on that. Um, and I hate to cut this short, but I'm so thankful to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you, tuning Sean. in on Speak the Truth. All right. We'll see you next time.